0: Welcome to Candyman, a podcast where we're not talking about the movie Candyman, no. where star Tony Todd got stung by 26 bees. That is not a topic that we're going to be discussing at any point in this podcast. Instead, we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth, the show on Netflix, based on the comic by Jeff Lemire, specifically season two, episode one, In Captivity, and... Later on in the podcast, we're going to be reviewing a piece of candy. I am
1: Alex. Uh, I am Justin. And it is strange that it's 26 bees, because did they count them ahead of time or after? Like, when okay, did they make I that? I got to be
0: honest with you. I want to lay this out before Pete even introduces himself. I fudge this fact a little bit to, to like, try to get through <gasps> it. He was stung 26 times. I assume since it was bees, it was 26 bees. But I guess I don't know. It Maybe it was be. a super bee that stung him twice and it was only, like, yeah. 25
1: or something. Well, maybe bees were hanging out with some wasps yesterday. Yeah, we're exactly. not talking
0: about this. We're not talking about this. This
1: is not a podcast about Aren't candy we? men. If Aren't not, we? No. Season two, we're retooling the podcast. That's, uh, excuse is excuse
2: candy. me. Uh, excuse me. I'm Pete, and I just wanted to. What? Why are we eating the candy bars first? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so to bring everybody
0: back in, we are back for a second season. Candy bars
2: delicious. on Netflix.
0: I'm so excited to talk about this. On every episode of the show, we do two things. We recap an episode of Sweet
2: Tooth, and then we review a piece of candy. And then or. Is it, we review a piece of candy, and then also we, we're about sweet So this yeah, show's honestly, been gone for a
1: year, and I think wait, Pete has Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry, I, I no, thought I was you just was just going to say gone. that
0: Pete, I think, has refrained from eating candy for the past year. So really pent-up desire going out there. What were you going to say, Listen,
1: this is the podcast Pete's looking forward to the hardest. Um, I, f- I have a feeling if we move the Candor Review to the beginning, Pete would be like, oh, sorry, guys, I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> no time to talk sweet tooth.
0: We do a bunch of different podcasts. And we always leave a little treat for Pete at the end. A little Pete exactly. treat, if you will. Pete treat. So the other thing to mention, though, we did this in the first season. It is time for the 2023 Syrup Cup where we determined the best candy of all time, very strangely, and we all disagree with this. I'm sure Snickers won in the first season.
1: No, I called Snickers nope. from the you jump. Can't. I was Snickers. I backed Snickers. <laughs> I, Snickers was my guy the whole time. I knew Milky it, and it way won. won. The showrunner came through, picked Snickers, and we took it all the way.
0: Yes, uh, we did interview the showrunner, and he was the person who awarded the Syrup Cup in the first season. I guess we'll see what happens in the second season here, but we are beginning it. This episode, we're going to be talking about Butterfinger Pete at the end of the episode. Come
2: on, man.
0: First, we're going to talk about Sweet Tooth. I'm so excited the show is back now. I'm going to give you a little bit of recap of this episode, and spoiler warning up front. If you haven't seen it, go watch the episode. But brief bit of recap here. We're jumping right into it here. Gus... Our little dear boy has been captured by the last men who are led by General Abbott. He has been locked in a prison. They are being experimented on by Dr. Singh, who feels very bad about it, but is doing it anyway in order to yeah. save the life of his wife. They're trying to find a cure for the big sick, a sickness that decimated 98% uh, of humanity. Hold on.
2: You I, you did this in the first season, too. I sure Just did. Just let me recap. <laughs> Just, no, this goes with the recapping. It goes with the recapping. <laughs> Okay,
1: <laughs> it goes with the recap. Uh, after a
0: Pete is now fine with the blinky pinky, the
1: wiggle, the wiggle pinky. Oh, we stop. all have it. I we got the sick. No,
2: thing. no. I, I no, stop. <laughs> I forgot what that was. I thought you thought know, we were just
1: having said, some fun? Yeah. You know, yeah, we were I just thought... like, well, Beyonce. Up. Let
2: me finish the recap, and if you have anything to no, add No, no, but to... that's what I'm saying. This is part of the recap. Since you guys are married, real quick, how many adorable children fun, would you murder to keep your wives alive? This is 100% definitely not part of the recap. That's part of the discussion of
0: the episode, you son of a <laughs> bitch. So the recap... Just to continue it, Gus meets uh, a ton of other, Gus meets a ton bed of bed other bed. edible children that he bonds with. They are trying to escape from what is formerly the Essex County Zoo and hopefully get back to their parents. They don't know if Jeopardy is alive. They don't know if Mom, a.k.a. Amy, is alive. We don't get to see them in this episode. But by the end of the episode, they get a little bit of hope that potentially Jeopardy is alive, the big bad. And we also get to see what's going on with Bear, a.k.a. Becky, who teams up with Judy at her flamethrower to take down a bunch of last men, escape from there as Becky has now building on the cliffhanger of the last season, uh, connected with Bertie, who is Gus's mother, or rather the doctor who helped create him at the very least. She is in uh, Alaska, I believe we established, and she has discovered a strange ship, under the ice that is filled with these purple flowers that keep showing up where the big sick is. So this big mystery is continuing here. But by the end of the episode, all of these elements are in play. The big thing that I want to say before we get to Pete's question, and I, Pete, I think this is a very good question for you it's to ask. Question. But please, for the love of God, wait until after the recap. Now, is Pete, how do you feel about good. the show being back? Because I'll tell you what, it was like putting on a warm blanket again for oh, me. Oh, wow. I
1: loved what? it. Yeah, this show is great because, you know, we get a lot of post-apocalyptic shows in our lives, um, especially these days. And this one is, like, nice. Niceness wins in this show. And you feel like the show, the characters are kind, many of them, except for the bad guys. And the show is kind about its characters. And I really appreciate that. It reminds me of a show like Station Eleven or Mm -hmm. another show where it really feels like it's like these people, they're in a bad situation, but they're good and we want to see them being good.
2: I also miss Fraggle Rock. You know what I mean? It's nice to be around some Muppets a little bit for long periods of time. It feels right. I'm yeah. sorry,
0: Were you saying you miss Bobby. Oh, so, no. Bobby. No. Yeah. Oh my God. I miss no. Bobby. I yeah, miss Bobby you so much. Uh oh, yeah. a little twinge in my heart every time oh I saw that little guy. And we got so much Bobby this episode. We got so much adible children. Mm-hmm. It really did like this is the stupidest way of saying this, but I watch a lot of TV. We all watch a lot of TV. We do a lot of entertainment and experience it. Literal like twinge in my heart. Like I could feel it twisting up at points when I was watching the show. And I do love that. It just makes you feel cozy and it makes you feel earnestly for these characters down to things like maybe this was the first season. I honestly don't remember because I have not watched it since, but Things when they're talk when the animal kids are talking about people, and instead of saying they died or they're dead, they're like, "He's not with us anymore. He's gone." Yeah. And there's a purposeful. So. Well, there's a purposeful push, I think, on, to, to, on the part of the writing to make it this safe space
2: for family to watch and interact with the yeah. show. So, but I think it's very rare. So you're saying you f- get a cozy feeling when you're watching, uh, uh, animal kids be tortured and, uh, experimented on. They're in danger, but, you know, I was actually talking to my kids who are currently 8 and
0: 13 about the show earlier tonight because they're like, why are you buying all those Butterfingers, Dad? What's going on? Can we have some? Wait, them? all like, those
1: Butterfingers? Yeah. You so only all? needed one. You <laughs> only needed one. I had to one. test
0: a couple to see if I like them. Test to to a it. couple?
1: <laughs> you can't pre-taste the candy bar.
0: You're
2: worse than Pete.
1: I was going to say Pete did a good job not interrupting your recap so he can have a candy bar at the end of the episode. But, Alex, you've clearly already nibbled.
0: I haven't been here. <laughs> Pete is, if you're listening Kids. to the Auto Podcast, currently trying to gnaw through the rapper. That's not going to Oh, work. my God. Like not some sort of hybrid hybrid that child
1: animal. Please stop. Yeah, exactly. Please stop doing the Bobby voice. <laughs> uh, well, the Bobby voice creeps me out, too. We were talking about so Bobby creeps out. you
0: guys out?
2: Yes. No, you oh. You do. You, you do doing do. the Bobby yeah, voice sure. is the creepiest of
0: all. Well, let me ask you this. I know you get creeped out about my Bobby voice. Do you get creeped out when you find me burrowing under your lawn and then I pop out through that hole?
2: No, no. Those are my favorite weekends.
1: I, I, <laughs> I just think those. that, yeah. <laughs> Alex is that, popping <laughs> by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I just think it's. You know, I mean, I could have done without the uh, uh, skunk fart joke. But other than that, I think everybody's adorable.
0: I didn't even mind that. I don't know. Oh, I don't on. like fart yeah. humor and I don't like poop humor. But it was so over the top that it worked for me. Honestly, yeah, they're
1: kids and they're so skunks. So, like, of course, it's going to be a stink. Uh, Imagine those felt, kids felt the other good. way. Go the other way. Be smart. I remember
0: what I was going to say. And this is something that we talked a lot about in the first season, but in terms of the torturing and getting to see chameleon Roy, uh, Probably dead at this yeah. point in the I tank, think.
1: frozen in that capsule. The answer to that is yes, by the way. Sleeping, Alex, yeah. sleeping very hard. Yeah, he's no, definitely no, just yeah. sleeping. Uh, yeah.
0: hard <laughs> sleeping. That's a hard sleeping room. Forever sleep.
1: Oh. Yeah, um, and that's like why a, all those all those people in the napping lawn, which yes, is what, what other I was people call say a cemetery. Before
0: we started talking about Butterfingers, is what I was describing to my kids, it's like a fairy tale. It's like a dark fairy tale, is what it is. And they do a good job of channeling that, I think. Yeah. Let's talk about the animal kids. I wrote down all of their names, but we got Bobby, of course. We got Wendy, a.k.a. Pigtail, shows up again. She yep. and Gus are the two main ones who can yep. talk. They, uh, Wendy has taught the other kids signs. Some of them talk to varying degrees. Definitely not as much as Gus and definitely not as much as Wendy. We got Jojo Raccoon. We got Haley. We got Junior, Anna and Hannah, Earl, Elephant Earl, Early favorite of the season, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The effects on Elephant Earl, phenomenal. I was so impressed by, like, how tactile they made him look.
1: Well, and I think, like, since the the kids are going to spend so much time stuck in this room, essentially, I feel like they did a great job of making that very lush and unique and giving it different spaces for them to sort of hide in. And then they did such a good job with the characters themselves, making them look realistic. And I feel like... Do you know who it, uh, played Earl? Uh, oh. That was Timothy Chalamet. No, it was, Chalamet. Oh, it was Babar.
0: Oh, he was, they was Babar. They oh, got wow. Babar.
1: Yeah. They got That's Babar. That's a huge get. Huge that get. That's a huge get. Yeah. Uh, and it, the other I,
0: characters, uh, just to mention their names, Maya, Fun... Otto, Max, Teddy, and Roy, who doesn't
1: make it through this episode. Yes, yeah, he takes a big nap. No- but I I mean, an interesting part, part for me is or this episode felt like it was about Gus becoming a leader and sort of growing up in a way. Like he takes on their pain. He yeah. comes back when Roy's taken. He's like, yeah, he's fine. Roy's fine. He, like, tries to keep them safe from that sad fact that we're also protecting Alan's. let's talk
0: about that moment. I mean, (laughs) you're already talking about it, Justin, but he comes out and Wendy is about to tell them the truth, that Roy has died. They've seen his dead body being carted away. And Gus instead has a little light bulb go off over his head and goes, oh, no, he's fine. He escaped. Isn't that great? In order to give them hope, of course, he's lying where, uh, what do you think about that? Because I think there's a lot of different things potentially you could take for that in terms of the lessons he's learned from Puba, the lessons he's learned from Jepper, the lessons he's learned from other people. What do you think that means for Gus, Justin? I know you addressed that a little bit already.
1: Yeah, well, I think it, it's about him sort of becoming this leader. And by the end of the episode, he's fully like, I've run this. I've run this room. Like, I'm gonna we're gonna get out of here. He has a plan. He's given power by Singh, and his like birthright being sort of the uh, pre-plague uh, pre-plague hybrid kid. So I think it's about that. But like a lot of animals get away. Like my family pets, when I was growing up, they never died. They all escaped. So mm-hmm. like it happened. It's a normal thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, all <laughs> of your animals escaped? None of them died? Yeah. They would get old and be like 14, 15 years old and then they would right. escape. I don't know what they were escaping from because they. Interesting. Them. We
0: had a very different experience in my family, where my brother was really obsessed with newts, and he had a tank of newts, and the newts would escape, and then like five years later, we'd find them in the air vents, totally dried out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying! That's, and horrible.
1: Uh, my you lived wife in the
2: hellscape of a home. It sounds. Like let me
1: let me throw one in on there. My wife's mom when they were growing up had a lot of animals like iguanas and they would escape and this is way upstate new york and they later found oh no, the corpses of the animals like in different parts of the house like giant iguana a snake got out and so animals are that's creepy as fuck all you know
0: it, the thing that i'll say about this i thought that was a really interesting moment when gus lied because most shows yeah particularly- i'd like to Yeah. Go ahead. Just jump in.
2: Yeah. Cause it really felt like Gus, uh, you know, because she was going to shoot him straight and he jumped in and kind of was like, I'm going to tell them what they want to hear and try to win them over a little bit. And I just think it's it's a, it was a weird move and very interesting. Just like, like, wait a second. Do we trust Gus? Is he have some agenda? Like what's going on? Like, Well, let's Uh, let's remember his—he's
1: being political about it, you know. Well, but let's remember his background. Like he was not told the truth his whole he life. He
2: was lied to, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think right. I think he's, the part of the first season was learning, like, he found some value in that. He felt like it was actually served him because he had, like, a protected childhood and became sort of a person who wasn't terrified all the time. And I think he's applying some of that here. But I also think he's preparing them to rise up and escape themselves. If they're, like, if he's like, nah, Roy, dead. They're gonna lose hope and not want to, like, band together and try and do something, potentially, which it feels like is what we're leading toward this season.
0: Well, I I think what we're talking about here is if the thrust of this whole show, and this certainly at least is part of what Jeff Lemire is doing in the comic book, is about Gus growing up, he's starting to understand this is why adults lie. This is why adults don't tell the truth about some things. And I think in this case, like you were saying, Justin, He's right to do it here, you know, and he does – lying is not the right thing, but I think a less complicated show would immediately have Gus suffer in some way for having lied. But here, ultimately, he steers them the right way and he pushes them in the right way. And then ultimately – Even though he lied, he finds a better way of working with these animal children by taking the little pen flashlight from Dr. Singh and that beautiful moment where they say this little light of mine and they have the light going and everything, uh, which is really wonderful. So he finds his own way, but I think it's interesting to watch him experimenting with what he has learned from adults as he gets there.
2: Speaking of uh, sing-songy nice moments, I really like the uh, Golden Girls moment, you know? Mm, I knew you would. I thought of
0: you because you love the Golden Girls. So I knew you were going to be excited about that. What do you think about this new character, this new turtle character, Pete?
1: Well, let's just be clear before we move on. Like, Pete loves the Golden Girls. He, like, loves them. He's in mm -hmm. love with them, each of them as separate women. Yeah, Uh, that's true. And so, like, seeing that must have been, of course, I thought the same thing.
0: Yeah, you've been Mm -hmm. trying, you've been building that time machine so you can travel back to Sicily
2: 1918, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. No question about it.
1: Wow, that's a deep reference right there, <laughs> my friend, perhaps yeah. too deep. Uh,
0: but I love that, and I love that joke, too, of having uh, the turtle boy singing thank you for being a friend and then immediately following up with golden girls <laughs> just to drive the joke home. It's yep. In the middle of all this darkness, there's still some very funny stuff going on. and Yeah, the pinky swear is adorable. Mm-hmm. And Wendy is great in this episode, too. I don't want to downplay her. I thought she did a great job here, sort of being the straight man to Gus and sort of laying out the whole situation. Um, They work really well together. They're very cute together. Um, So fun stuff.
1: Are you saying you maybe see
0: some sparks flying? Well, not to get into any spoilers, but that's certainly the direction things start to go in in the comic book. And I think... I think they're probably going to go that way, though they're very young at this point. They're both 10, I think. Yeah. Well, he's 10. She's eight or
1: nine or something. He's very clearly 10. That's a major plot point of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's talk about Singh because he has a big emotional arc this episode. What do you think about everything going on with him?
1: I mean, I like it's rough, uh, but I like how they put him in a they make his situation like you can't you have sympathy for him at the same time he's doing monstrous things but he's that's trapped. Like he the his hard wife. part is yeah i'm
2: it's it's hard the way they're leaning into this where they're like hey listen it's not so black and white here all right this is a, a man who is hanging on to hope of, of of a life with his wife that he probably is not gonna get i mean let's face it and it's just heartbreaking and then he's making like horrible decisions of like who lives and who dies here. And this, you know, and it's just like now all these people in the cage got to slowly watch everybody disappear and die. I mean, this is a brutal
1: setup. It is a brutal, but that's why I think he, it's so nice that he, when he finally cracks a little bit of the mystery of Gus, he's like, wait a second, we got something going here. He gives him the flashlight. It, like, and you see him looking at his wife later on at the end of the episode, thinking about how, Oh God! I'm sure he's just sick to his stomach all the time. Like, I, if I can just figure this out with my brain, I can save my wife who is dying on the other side of this glass. It is—it's heartbreaking, and so they take. But like I said, they take care of their characters here, so you still feel for him, even though he—it's like a, a
2: Mister Freeze kind of situation, a little mm-hmm. bit. You know?
1: yeah.
2: yeah, classic no, Mister
1: Freeze.
0: A, that is a good call. It definitely feels like a Mister Freeze thing. I was going to call out that I think there's two things that I was feeling going on with saying, one, on the more realistic end of the spectrum, you've kind of got Nazi scientist, where he's like, I feel bad, but Goebbels has commanded me to experiment on you prisoners. That's certainly the darker, more realistic, more harrowing part of it. But on the other end of the spectrum, to go with this fairy tale thing, everybody has their own separate but interconnected fairy tales kind of going on. Like we've talked about the Gus and animal children thing. But seeing basically being like the giant or troll who has trapped these children. And it's like, give me what I want or I'm going to eat you. Yeah. But meanwhile, or, or if you want to talk about like a beauty of the beast type thing, you know, like <laughs> same sort of thing, whatever it is, he's been cursed. He's been cursed yeah. and he feels cursed and he has these things going on. And ultimately in those sort of tales, he ends up dying because he's the villain. But I don't know. They, they work this line very nicely between this is realistic and harrowing if you think about it on that level, but it also works on the level of fairy tale and it also works on the level of just enjoyable TV show.
1: So, in in this um, example, uh, Singh uh, is Beast and his wife is like Mrs. Potts. I guess you know I'm thinking Beast, about his you wife. Know Beast is like, hooked up with Mrs. Potts. I was
0: thinking no. about his wife as like the flower, you know, the rose that's like slowly oh, falling that's, apart. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, oh, excuse, excuse me, man. I'm sorry. It does, this No, doesn't it doesn't. Seem... I, mean,
1: I like it. I like it. And in <laughs> this scenario, we're all three dinner plates. Or something.
0: This, right? No, um, I speak... think I'm more of a Cogsworth because the uh, gears of my head aren't quite turning
1: properly. Hmm. No, nice. That that tracks. And I'm trying to hook up with a feather duster. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's for right? sure.
2: Yeah. You guys... Uh, uh, Speaking of torture, you don't think it's uh, too, too torturous to set out a piece of candy you've been waiting a long time to eat and then... Try to ignore the fact that there is a giant piece of candy in front of you and do a podcast talking about Let me throw this out, Pete.
1: You're saying you're trying to ignore it? I hear you pick it up every four minutes. You keep picking it up and like cradling it. Do you not
0: have candy other than this podcast for real? You're a grown up.
1: You can get candy anytime. Yeah, but once
2: you start eating candy, it's just really hard to stop. So it's like. Once you you start eating candy, that's 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 what I'm talking about. I'm talking about me. There's a lot more to talk about in this
0: episode, though. We haven't even talked (laughs) about Bernie necessarily yet. There's some big mythology stuff that's going on with her in Alaska in terms of the ship. She finds this old boat in the ice. There's purple flowers on the boat, including an enormous one, a journal. It says Dr. James Thacker, 1914, I believe. And then at the end, of course, she connects with Bear, a.k.a. Becky, as we see, and reveals that there's a tape with a message for Gus. Uh, this is great. I really feel like they're going for it in a big way, and I'm glad they wouldn't really drag it out too long from that cliffhanger because that was such a huge revelation at the end of the last season.
1: Well, it's interesting that they – literally, we had so many threads. Whoa. it's had so well, many threads. Pete, ho- Pete holding up a cassette shout tape. cassette What? Cassette
2: tape, what? Yeah. Cassette
0: yeah, tape By blind. the way, really quick, I like the joke where Becky didn't know what a cassette tape was, and she pulls yep. out a record, and Judy's like, yeah.
1: close. We're yeah. getting closer. <laughs> Uh, The way that that, like the first season was all these different threads that didn't come together and we were just sort of following them slowly and then we saw them get close and then it's just wild to me that this show did not do any sort of recap and it just dropped us back into the same situation at the same moment. And then Pete, he's picking it up down, again. He's down, picking Pete. it up again. It's it's not time. time. Not time.
2: Um, so you it's not guys time. would notice <laughs> Come It's crazy. On, man. It's, just eat some. It's crazy to me.
1: To, I spent all day trying to, try to get, candy, get my kids to not eat candy and get a podcast with my friends and have to be like, nope, don't eat that candy. <laughs> don't you eat that candy, Pete.
0: In terms of the recap, you feel like uh, James Brolin, he did a good job. He was doing his, like, the last men are the last men, and the first men are the first men. But the animal children are children, and now last men.
1: Do you think they should be like, you know what, we should start scripting those uh, narration bits (laughs) for Brolin? Because he's just mumbling, and he's just talking about, he hasn't even read the
0: script. 100%, they put a tape recorder next to his bed while he's sleeping, and while he's sleeping, he's just bubbling stuff in his dreams. He's like, the last men. Oh, they're coming! They're coming! <laughs> yeah. uh, it's working. Uh, do my taxes. I, I love my how taxes. you're
2: closing your eyes and really committing to that bit. Was, That's yeah. acting. That's mm-hmm. I'm channeling yeah. James Brolin right now.
1: Well, you. I like that James Brolin has really taken over the Sam Elliott. Role in movies, if <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you want uh, dusty old man on the range, I got it right here all day long. Beef, it's what's for Well, dinner. one of my
0: favorite revelations when we talked to uh, the showrunner last season is like he's legitimately committed to doing this stuff, which I think yeah. is great. It's very cool. You love it. Uh, there you go. A couple of other things we should talk about in the episode. Let's talk about the big stuff with Becky that happens at the end. In particular, Pete. What would you think about the scene? I know you were very suspicious of Judy last season, but she went out, taken out an entire battalion of last man
2: with a freaking flamethrower. <laughs> freaking flamethrower. Yeah, that was glorious. It was a really badass uh, kind of moment and uh, a really fun uh, thing for the show. Like it was, I liked the tension, but also the kind of fun of it. Uh, but it was just uh, such a badass moment. And. Uh,
1: very rewarding to watch. I thought, you know, again, like you talk about all the TV you watch, especially like shows where a character's trying to be badass. Mm-hmm. Judy's, that was a badass move. <laughs> Like the that way sure she just hears you just, the gas tank turns on. You just see the thing like, and then she goes, should have knocked. Yeah. And <laughs> plays, I was like, yo, that that's was, better than Siden What Punisher I loved right about that, that movie
0: is the way that was written. It was like, not only you get this insane action movie line of should have knocked, and then yeah. she starts murdering people, and then it's immediately followed up with, get off my property. <laughs>
2: property. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's her and battle is Yeah, just like, so
1: oh my God. Yeah. For the next ten minutes you hear her continue to burn them. I was like, yeah. how are they how is she sorta of winning here? She's fighting off like twenty dudes. Yeah. There and then is, Becky gets this intense fight sequence.
0: Yes. That was that was the one part that I actually felt like this is gonna come out too strong, but almost went like a little too far, just in terms of the violence of what's happening. It yeah. felt after we had slow played everything, the entire episode to have her with claws on, you hear as she goes into this guy and kills him,
2: they both fall off. It was a lot. Yeah. The yeah. whole pinky stuff is too much. There's a, they go, they go hard on this. They go hard on this
1: show. I love the pinky stuff. Yeah, it's scary. The pinky stuff too, right it's, right it's just it? a little scary nope, for the, little, those uh, listening. Little. Alex and I are both doing it. Pete's looking away. He's just trying to look at his he's little looking candy away bar.
0: Because he's picturing it in his head and he loves it. Uh, Nobody that,
1: better lay a pinky on my butter finky.
0: We're uh, almost there, Pete. We're almost there. On, First, we should talk about any other moments in the episode that jumped out to you in particular. Okay. Anything you want to call out. Uh, I'll say I thought it showed a remarkable amount of restraint to not have Jepperd and Amy in this episode. I really like yes. that. Keeping it focused. I presume that they're going to come back. I was really surprised to see... Dog Come back towards the end That was great
1: I thought that was just a great way to do it Like we withhold them So it would get scarier for Gus It's scarier for us It's like how is he going to get out of here Without the big man helping him out Mom's gone It's like the parents are away And these kids have a real adventure And babysitting situation oh, uh, But like the reveal at the end was great Seeing Dog again Very curious how Jeopard got Dog into the food uh, I guess we'll the cable. see The kibble. Yeah. Uh, By the
0: way, Pete, I forgot to mention to you we're not trying Butterfinger this episode. We're trying kibble, is the thing. That's not
1: not what I'm doing. This podcast is called The Dog Food Boys. We (laughs) eat dog food every week. Uh, nope. So we gotta make a leap. We gotta make a leap out of from season season two. It's a little more extreme. This is,
0: this is still bad.
1: <laughs> this, this this one's awful. This one's for should be for dogs. This is a, this should be my animals. What uh, I say.
0: One other thing that we should talk about though before we move to the caddy review is Doug Abbott. We find out
1: that's what I was Abbott's say. first day. We
0: get this whole scene where he wanders off, and we get. Again, expanding the mythology of the world, we find out there's this group of three that it seems like Abbott is not part of, The Last Men are not part of, and they very specifically do not want him to be part of. We meet Dutch in The Low lads. Zhang, who is in Texas, is not coming, and there's the implication of a third person. That just want nothing to do with him, even though he is trying very hard to find this cure. I thought this was interesting because this really flipped the power dynamic on Abbott yeah. and made him made me almost feel for him in a certain
1: way. Well, I don't – I didn't feel – for. he's the one character I feel like um, the show's like he's uh, – you don't have to feel bad for him. <laughs> but I also think it helps – he's so unhinged and weird. He's like Roger – Christopher Lloyd and Roger Rabbit where at any moment wow, he's just going to like yeah. pull his cartoon eyeballs out and you're like, yo, this guy's <laughs> wild. So I do think like giving the power structure around him and it makes sense like, hey, I don't want to go anywhere near you. You're crazy. Like it, it, it helps the world make sense in letting us have a, a villain who's so weird,
0: and he's great. Neil Sandilands, the I had forgotten what a silhouette he cuts with, like that beard and the yeah. red glasses and everything. Oh, yeah. He's just a Jeff Lemire drawing come to life on screen, and it, it's so cool to see. So okay. good stuff. Anything else we want to call out about the episode before we move on here?
1: Pete, you've gone strangely silent. Is the candy bar uh, out Butterfinger? <laughs> uh,
0: all right, let's do it. We've talked about the episode. Good job, Jim Nichol. <laughs> I really like this one. <laughs> Why do <laughs> we hold on? Hold on a second. So we're going to talk about Butterfinger here. We're going to unwrap our Butterfingers. We're going to review them. Uh, this is—I uh, went to the gas station on the corner because they didn't have oh, any walls go. on the number. The gas station and, saga. And this is a artisanal. Uh, no. Vanilla, Flit... No, I'm no. kidding. They only had Jesus. regular... I actually tried. I looked for one just for a bit for the show, but they only had regular Butterfinger. Mine's all banged
1: up. It oh, was in Pino my pocket for a couple of days. his
0: and all, so... Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. Wait, do, do we usually talk about impressions about
1: Butterfinger before we try it, or...? I do a Butterfinger impression when I'm like, I'm nutty and... But, yeah, uh, nobody better get finger on my Butterfinger. Famously, Bart Simpson, spokes, yeah. spokesman. Yeah. I don't like... Um, peanut butter and chocolate really mixed. So this has never been my candy bar. We must have
2: have yelled at you for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups then.
1: I I do like Reese's Pieces. Yeah, let's get
2: that crunch, bro. Get that crunch going.
1: Mm. Oh. I do like these. The flavor's good. Mm -hmm. The thing I don't love about Butterfingers is it tastes like eating sand. (laughs) It's so dusty. What are you talking about?
2: It's I don't like, know
1: if it's like sand. Like, it's like, you, like sand you like so this is presents. this is sand one of my favorites like. I feel like
0: a Halloween time if there's a Butterfinger those are usually going first honestly and it's a weird it's a weird candy bar because it's so like you're saying like it's like these sticks in the middle it's like eating chocolate covered peanut butter sticks or something <laughs> so I intense I don't so know intense. how so they sick. do that texture or anything like that
1: um, it's like wet dust
0: yeah. You know what I never noticed before, because I usually only have the fun size? At least this one, it looks like there's a core of peanut butter between the peanut butter sticks or whatever's going on.
1: Do you guys have that as well? Mine's too, like, bent up and broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like some wet the, peanut butter, though. It almost – it's like its like if they took peanut brittle and were like, hey, this is too hard for normal people to eat. Didn't you guys – th- think? Peanut brittle is only eaten by people with like like World War II strength. Like they <laughs> the greatest generation. They already got all the
2: wooden teeth. Wait, wait, right wait. Did you guys
1: have bread. Chico sticks? Did you did you eat Chico sticks? That's like a pl- a plant, right? It's like a no, sweet is that, is that chicken sticks? Chicken covered. It's no. chicken bones. You're talking about chicken bones.
2: Yeah, it's a chicken bone. It has a crunchy peanut butter uh in the center similar to this. That's why I'm talking about it, because it has this layered peanut butter crunchiness to it. Is, is that it, a local I'm,
1: Rochester candy bar?
2: No, it's all over the world, You dip bro. it in some uh, Mac and a little hot sauce. Uh, don't get me put started, it right though, on in
1: Oh, come on. Garbage Chico <laughs> stick.
2: Wait, back to the Butterfinger, though? though. Back to the Butterfinger, though. I love uh, just how crunchy... Because, you know, normally you get like a soft nougat, and that's a great way mm-hmm. to kind of start your day. Yeah. But uh, the, crunchiness, your day. <laughs> the crunchiness. The you crunchiness. brush your teeth to the candy bar. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Uh, the crunchiness
1: is just so delightful. And yeah, I agree you know, with uh, yourself, this is, cup of
2: that. <laughs> this is like a must on Halloween. you got to have a Butterfinger on Halloween.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I'm a Mr. Goodbar Halloween man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, there's Snickers. Uh, I will say I like this better than I thought I would. Uh, how about this, though? I'm not going to eat the rest of that.
2: Mm. I've had
1: half of it, and that's good enough for me. Good enough for Daddy. It's it's a lot. It's definitely a
0: lot with the peanut butter and everything. I will say the thing that I always forget about it, or at least it doesn't affect you when you have a fun size because you're like pop it in your mouth and you're done, and then you move on to another piece of candy or something. This it definitely sticks in your teeth. Yeah, at the end, mm-hmm. which I don't love. That's going to be there for a while, like peanut brittle, mm-hmm. like peanut brittle. But it's very tasty and. I know I was joking before about the going to the gas station and getting a variant of it but Butterfinger is one of those candy bars that's like nope that's all we do <laughs> we're just yeah. Butterfingers no yeah. variation whatsoever no mess
1: with it. well and like and this is a good time to talk about like candy bars in general we don't get a lot of like still, new still mine. I know like, be your be yourself king candy bar king uh we don't get a lot of like new ideas for candy bars like mm. all these candy bars have been around for like Seventy years, like this started as like some hard, like peanut butter rock. That but then they like softened and changed a little bit, but it, it has an old timing core to it. This oh, it's one hundred
0: percent definitely. Somebody's like, oh yeah, got a snake bite on your leg? Have a butterfinger. That'll cure that yeah. up right quick.
1: And let me also throw out that the name Butterfinger, the finger, I I don't appreciate.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like that, you want to enjoy this. It's like eating a I hand. Think... It's one of the things that I think works against it because you don't automatically think of peanut butter when you think of butter right at the top. You're like, oh, this is Definitely. Like fingers made out of butter. That's pretty gross. And then their whole new ad campaign they do where they try to create this character called Robin Fingers who's stealing your Butterfingers. That's not, not
1: either. I'm well, sorry. Well, I also think it's strange that so much of Butterfingers' marketing stuff. It's like there's an underbelly of thievery happening with Butterfinger. It, Why it, is there it so does much? It does not
2: matter what they, ca- what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> this is delicious. This could be called Herpes Burger, and I would still eat it because it, <laughs> uh, this is an absolutely delicious piece of candy. Fuck you for smudging its name. This is glorious. I, I understand, oh. in
0: essence, your point, but I'll tell you what if it was named Herpes Burger, I don't think I'd eat it.
1: Mm. But honestly, that sounds like an old-timey candy bar. It's like, oh, you love this. It's called a Herpes Burger. It's chocolate and strawberries or something. Chocolate. (laughs) My Uh, grandmother made the best Herpes Burger. Back in
0: the 1910s when we didn't know what words meant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh,
0: anyway, uh, how do we think? I mean, obviously, this is the first volley in the 2023 Syrup Cup, but we feel pretty good about this one so far, I think.
1: Yes. Yes, I was pleasantly surprised by this. It made me want to eat a peanut butter cookie.
0: Mm. I can oh, see that's soft. Yeah, with like some chocolate chips in it or something like that. No, no,
1: no. See, that's where you're getting crazy. No, no, like oh. one
2: big chocolate chip. You know what I mean? Like one big one to the <laughs> middle.
1: Oh. oh, and by the way, this this is the part of the podcast where Pete has the candy crazies. Like He's like the cookie crook from Cookie Crisp commercials. or His eyes are spinning so candy lying. bars. No, man. <laughs> he's very high. He'll say anything. We're going to close this podcast with absolute nonsense every time because Pete loses it.
0: Oh, man. Well, there we go. We got the first candy. We've got the first episode of, of Sweet Tooth. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to be here all season long talking about all the episodes. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to talk to you about Sweet Tooth or candy. Pete would probably prefer to talk about candy, but yeah, either way. Please
2: talk to me about candy.
0: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen and follow the show. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, the Candy Men can.
1: May your week be filled with 26 bees. I like
2: that you get stuck in your teeth. You keep tasting it. (laughs) Gross.